Welcome to The Do Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real strategies about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT Literally and show me what you do in The Do Zone. Every week, I'll pick the best post to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur who's looking to hit seven this year, there are three key shifts that you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to IamFactor1.com now. And I'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's IamFactor1.com. Today's guest is Jim Saliba. Jim is a certified coach, trainer, and public speaker with over 30 years of leadership experience, including serving as the VP of a $4 billion tech company. He has a track record of overcoming challenges, fostering a growth mindset, and developing the triple E structure to help clients advance in leadership. Jim, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Thank you, Josh, for having me here. The thing I think about is what I call a triple vision. We talk about creating a vision of where we want to be. Every time we set up a project, we want to understand what success looks like. But instead of vision, visual, visualizing where your next step is, go too beyond that. That's the triple vision. And then when you start planning your day, your month, your year, instead of thinking about where I want to be in one step, think about being in the shoes, your own shoes at that triple point. How would you in that point start making decisions for what you need to do today. It helps push out the extraneous stuff that we get stuck into doing because we think we have to and just do the things that are perfect to move us forward. And so talk to me a little bit about this kind of triple vision. Walk me through how do I get from where I am to where I want to be to this other version of me? Kind of what, what would be a step-by-step -step process for that? Okay. Um, I do a lot of coaching of uh, middle managers, for example, that want to become a director in an organization. And I say, well, where do you want to be after that? If you're a director, what's your next step? Well, I want to be a senior director. I want to be a VP. Think about your life as that VP. How do you think? How do you work? How do you act? What decisions do you make as a VP instead of a manager? And this way you start pulling in the right direction and thinking in the shoes of where you're going to be. I do know that um, often as people move up in their career, they say, you know what? I deserve that next step. I deserve that promotion because I work hard at where I am. The problem is you're working at a different level of trust. If I was your manager, I can trust that you can do the job you're at because I see you do it every day and you work hard at it. But I can't trust that you could do the job at the next level because I haven't seen you display that. If you're doing the triple vision and you're making decisions thinking about where I need to be, how I would work three steps from now, you're showing 
trust that you can work and operate at that next level. And it and it doesn't have to be within a big organization. If it's your own organization, you still have stakeholders you have to show this trust to. Makes sense. And so what you're what you're really saying is go ahead and step into that role that you want to be in. Start behaving, mm-hmm. start acting as if, not necessarily fake it till you make it, but let's go ahead and make the decisions and do the things and take the actions that we would be taking as if we were already in that role. That's right. Exactly. It builds a level of trust that you can operate at a level that you want to be at. And so uh, along those lines, a lot of us want to be in some sort of leadership role. Uh, We have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to this particular podcast. They already probably are leaders or they're about to, they're about to hire employees. And uh, I know one of the things that you like to talk about is there are four common fears of leadership uh, that you've kind of uncovered. And so talk to me about what those four common fears are and how they, how they impact us first. And Mm -hmm. then we'll dive into how to overcome them. Often when I talk to clients, they say things like, I'm too old, I'm too young, I don't know enough, I don't have enough support. Those are self-sabotaging stories that are limiting us from moving forward. And behind those is really a fear. And I kind of categorized them into what I call the four fears of leadership. The first one is fear of incompetence. We sometimes call this imposter syndrome. It stops people from making decisions. It really erodes away confidence. However, if you're a leader and you're suffering from this, it's causing you to delay decision-making and you're building a culture of uncertainty under you. People can't move, they can't make decisions because they're waiting for you or up the chain. The second fear is the fear of appearing foolish. I'm in a situation, there's other people, I may not give my ideas, my stakeholders may think I'm. it's funny, I don't know enough, so I don't give my ideas. And that what happens to your team below you, you're starting to build a culture of conformity. People are not going to think out of the box. They're not going to be innovative or creative. And you're going to be just like everyone else in your, in your industry then. The third one is the uh, fear of uh, failure. I don't want to do this because I don't have enough information. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. So this causes people within your organization, it sounds kind of funny, to be unaccountable. They will push the decisions out someplace else so that if it doesn't work, they have somebody to point the finger to. So you're actually creating a culture of blame. And the last one is the fear of appearing vulnerable. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people and they feel like they have to put a facade on as a leader, that I know everything. I can answer all the questions. Well, guess what? Nobody can. 
If anything about COVID taught us, the world can change on a dime, and we're in a new operating system we haven't been in before. So being vulnerable and not having the answers is actually a good thing. But if you're you're faking that you you are, you're building a bad culture as well. Okay, so just to, just to recap this, we have the fear of incompetence. We have the fear of looking foolish. We have the fear of failure and we have the fear of appearing vulnerable. And so some of right. those are deep seated, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to do this. It's like internal. And then mm -hmm. the other two are external. And so we have some internal fears and we have some externally sourced fears and we have to find a kind of find a way to manage each of those. And so right. what is, in a few words, what would be the best way to start to uh, neutralize those fears? Maybe you don't have to go through each one, but, but what are some steps we can take as leaders to overcome those fears? Right. So the first thing is remember, we, the, all these fears we learned ourselves. We were not born with them. You're born with only two fears, fear of falling, fear of loud noises. Scientific papers have shown this. So you have learned somewhere along the way all these fears. You have to unlearn them. And this is what gets back to your triple vision. If you have a good vision of the future of where you want to be, you could do what we call problem re reframing. Instead of saying, for example, there, there's an old classic idea of, I'm getting complaints that people are saying the elevator is too slow. So I start building plans of building a faster elevator. That's a lot of cost. Different motors, different cables, different hydraulics. The real problem was if we start reframing it and you start talking to people, I mean, it feels like the elevator takes too long. Hmm. Well, you know what the answer was? They put mirrors in the walls of the elevator. Now people are distracted. They don't feel like it's taking so long anymore. Now they're looking at I'm themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm fixing my hair or or yeah, my tie you know, or whatever, right? So so this is this is a great point and I saw a gentleman named Rory Sutherland speak. Uh, he is the vice chairman of Ogilvy, which is one of the preeminent uh, marketing firms in the world. Uh, and he was having, uh, he made the same kind of commentary about the European Union. And they had this, uh, they had this rail uh, that was taking way too long uh, for the commuters to get from one side of the country to the other. And so they start looking at ways to spend billions of dollars to increase the or decrease the commute time by a few minutes. And came, he came back in and he said, well, wait a minute, before you spend all that money, is that a good use of the money? What's the real problem? The real problem is they're not really enjoying themselves on that train. And what they need to do instead is you can offer them free Wi-Fi and air conditioning, and that will cost you a fraction of the multi-billions of dollars or pounds, and it will increase the satisfaction. And that's ultimately what they did, and the complaint right. went away. Yep. So these fears, if you reframe it, there's a reason why if you get underneath and this takes a while when i work with clients what's really the problem 
well, I'm a perfectionist. I can't make a decision unless I have all the data. Mm. Well, we start stepping back and saying, well, what if you only had 70% of the data? Can you use your gut feel? Yeah, I could do that. Well, what if you only have 50%? Well, it'll be a little bit harder. So another thing I say is do not decide. I don't like the word decide. Decide, the root word side, means to kill off. Suicide, homicide, insecticide. You taking your list of ideas and you're killing them all off till you're left with the last one. That's how we decide. But when you put that plan into action, it starts to fail because there's data we didn't know yet. The other side, we didn't know how they were going to react, right? So as the new data comes in, we say, well, that might have been the, might not have been the best option. When you decide, most people don't go to the old option list because they said those were all bad. We already killed them off. But if you change the idea is I'm going to put an experiment into place to use what we think is the best option. What's the smallest, fastest thing that I can do to test that idea? And we go forward. Did it work? Didn't it work? Pivot or persevere becomes a de the decision. And if we decide that we need to pivot, we go back to that old option list. We add in the new data and we make a new list to put the next experiment together. I always say experiment like a fifth grader. When I was in fifth grade, we had that science fair project and we had a poster board. You put the hypothesis on top, the experiment that you did, and then whether it worked or didn't work. Well, that's all we're doing, one after another. That is how we learn while executing and moving forward at the same time. Awesome. I love that. And so tell us a little bit about uh, who you work with and, and how you help them. Um, I work with uh, different levels of executives from directors all the way up to, and business owners to help build their leadership and move their teams forward. Uh, it may be if they're in middle management, how to manage their career and move up or how to build better teams. Those are the two types of people that I work with. Great. And, and how can we connect with you and learn more about what you do? Um, there's two ways you can connect with me. Of course, you can go to my website, which is jamessaliba.com, or go to find me on LinkedIn. I looked at my LinkedIn almost every day, and you'll find me there under James Saliba. Excellent. jamessaliba.com. James Saliba, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing those four common fears, leadership, and how we can short circuit and overcome those. Uh, and that is really going to help uh, go a long way towards helping our audience get more stuff done. So for those of you who are looking to connect with uh, James, you can, Jim, you can go to jamessaliba.com. That's S-A-L-I-B-A. We're going to wrap from here. Uh, you can, uh, once again, that's jamessaliba.com for our guest. And if you listen to us on your morning commute or your workout or somewhere out in the field, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at JT. Literally tell me what you do in the do zone. And also, if you're looking to break the seven figure barrier, but you know what got you here ain't going to get you there. We can help go to IamFactor1.com now and let's see how much impact we can make in less than six minutes. Know this. You are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work.
If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with, because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.